glad you're here, and uh, we're glad that you're spending your Christmas with us. We are um, uh, got a lot going on. We got a lot going on in 2013 as well. For those of you who listen on the podcast or listen online, we want to welcome you as well. We're in a series called "Oh No, It's Christmas," and um, it's uh, it's been kind of a three week. Thing of trying to get out the fear in Christmas. There's a lot of fear going on, and last week obviously uh, didn't help at all as uh, schools everywhere were worried about could this happen at our school, and we covered that in the sermon last week and all these things. But for some of you, your fear is maybe financial, maybe it's a relationship you're in, maybe um, you don't know about your future, maybe you're hoping your past doesn't catch up with you, uh, whatever that is. And so we've been trying to talk about uh, some of the things that can help us get rid of those fears. Maybe it's a loss of a job or maybe you've got a new job that's coming up and you're nervous about that. And so what we want to talk about this morning is how Jesus and the birth of Jesus plays into those fears or uh, kind of helps alleviate those fears. I have a, uh, on my iPhone, I have a bunch of apps on this thing and uh, I, 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 I use most of them, but there's one app that I use that I love more than any other app and on this thing. And it's not my Bible software. <laughs> so go figure. I probably should turn in my resignation. Uh, it's not my contacts. It's not even the phone itself, although I, I love the phone. It's this thing called My Light. And what it does is it takes the LED that you'd normally use as a flash for your phone uh, I use the LED flash to ruin all my pictures since it doesn't really look very good at all. But uh, it takes the LED and you can turn it on and you can use your phone like a flashlight. And I've used this thing for all sorts of stuff. When I wake up in the morning, sometimes I wake up very early, I'll wake up at five. And um, when I wake up, I'll use this to kind of like go around um, because there's a fairy princess that's asleep in bed (laughs) and we don't want to wake up fairy princess and so uh i and in the morning i'll put on socks and a lot of my socks look the same color these actually match because uh fairy princess was up but um i I, i'll look and i can see the colors on this thing um i've fixed my car but like i've been underneath my car with electrical and i didn't have a flashlight and oh my phone my phone's got my light on it and so i'll i'll fumble around for it and get it i've i've uh, i've scared away rodents which is a long story but we can talk about that in another sermon. Um, one of my favorite things I did was just uh, on Friday, my daughter was in a Christmas pageant with all these people and all this stuff, and we were in the audience, and she had no way of knowing where we were because it was dark out there, and, and then and there were lots of kids singing. And so I took my light, and uh, when she was looking out, I went like this. Right? I, 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 and then she saw me. And then what was so cool was that uh, as the curtain was going down, uh, everyone's standing right here, and she goes like this. That's a little wave. See, most daughters would be embarrassed. My daughter rocks it. She's just like, yeah, whatever. What's up, Dad? Saw your my light. That's cool. I'm like, you got it, baby. So it was really nice. It, 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 my light. It's great. And we all, we all love when you need light and you have it available, it's golden. I mean, you go camping or whatever, and you have to go to the bathroom or whatever, and you're just thinking to yourself, where's my flashlight, right? We need, we love light. You go, you see a sunrise, and you feel like you're, 
involved in something eternal when the sun's coming up and you just kind of feel the warmth of its rays and you begin to see everything illuminate and you feel like all those people who are asleep are missing out on something that you and God get to experience together. Our sunset where the sky just like brightens up and it's the sun's last ditch effort to just kind of show off during, before it becomes evening. We just love those, those lights. And um, the thing is, there's another part of light that isn't so much fun. We've experienced this as well. When you've had light shine in your eyes, maybe in your rear view mirror, right? Side view mirror, whatever, where it's like, oh no. Maybe you're the one sleeping and your husband or wife gets up in the, middle, uh, in the morning and flicks on the light and it's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, and you take the cover, I mean, not in the marriages represented here. You probably just say, wow, thanks for getting up, honey. I appreciate that. Now you like cover your eyes and all this kind of stuff. If you have someone who's driving with their high beams at you while you're driving, I don't know if I'm the only one who does this. I've never asked anybody, but I can't stop staring at them. Like when someone has their high beams on, I'm angered by that person, but I can't look away. And so I just look at the high beams going, what are they doing with those high beams on? Don't they know that that blinds me? And here I am looking the whole way, all the way, you know, you know, whatever. We don't, we don't, we don't like having the light turned in our faces. As a matter of fact, if, if, uh, like right now I'm here, I am, if I wanted a light to shine on me, uh, like from a, from a thing that you know there you go and now it looks even I look even better don't I with all this light and and so now you can see me better and you can kind of now begin to see wow is that a stain on his shirt or whatever as the light kind of illuminates me it's kind of cool and so a lot of times a lot of churches will have that light going all the time not here though oh man that would have been great okay but if I were to come back here And turn this on. You guys, this is why we don't have it. Oh, hey, Audrey, how you doing? My daughter's back from college. Guys, nice to see you. Okay, right? See, it, it kind of hurts your eyes, but you can't stop looking at it. But now it's like, hey, Pastor Knucklehead, turn that thing off, right? There's something about light, good and bad. It just all depends. We all would, if I were to ask anybody in here, we all want our path illuminated for us. We all want, you know, if I were to ask you to make a decision or go before God or whatever, we all love that kind of light. In Isaiah chapter 8 and chapter 9, this was written 700 years before Jesus came on the scene, before he was born, before the day we're celebrating. Well, it probably wasn't that day, but uh, 700 years prior, the prophet Isaiah is writing a, um, he's prophesying to the nation of Israel, and he's upset with them, as most of those prophets are, and he's kind of talking about, and he starts on this, this idea that they're walking in darkness, that, that they're trying to light their path with stuff that weren't, wasn't supposed to light their path, they, they're starting to get advice from people they weren't supposed to get advice from, and, and what the prophet Isaiah is saying is, why, why are you doing this when you've got God? The father of lights. Why would you go after all these things? And he says, um, he says this thing, he says uh, in Isaiah 8, he says, when someone tells you to consult mediums and spirit, uh, spiritualists, 
who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? It's kind of a long-winded, weird way of saying, what are you doing? Like for us, it would be, why are you getting advice from that when you've got the word or you've got God? Or what, you know, why, why are you doing that? And then he, he kind of paints this picture that that's just darkness. It's, he calls it utter darkness. A stumbling around. A, 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 you become hungry for the truth and you're not going to have it. And then he says this. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. So he describes Israel. He says, man, you guys are blowing it. Don't look for your light there. You don't want to get your light there. A light has dawned. Well, who, what is this light that's dawned? He goes on. He starts talking about Jesus. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 700 years before Jesus was born, this prophecy was made about him. And when you go through these titles that are on there, it it sounds so refreshing to have that available to us. A light unto our path, some, a relationship with God to illuminate. But if you look further and if you kind of uh, understand life, there's a tension to be managed when it comes to God. I want God to show me all the things about my path. I want God to show me what my next decision should be, why I should do this, what I should do that. But I don't want him turning the light on me. That guy who had his high beams coming at me. I like my lights because they shoot away from me and can show me where to go. I don't want any lights pointing at me like you didn't like me shooting you with that. Uh, That was a lot of fun, by the way, uh, just to do that. That was great. I'll have to get my son in here and we can play tag or something. Uh, And and so... uh, but if you look at these things, this idea of wonderful counselor, we all want a wonderful counselor, right? We have one right here on campus. Heather Brown is a wonderful counselor. But here's the problem with a wonderful counselor. They'll talk to you about your past. They'll talk to you about this. They'll cry with you. They'll, oh, man, it's not your fault, all that kind of stuff. But the one, a wonderful counselor one day will go, I think you're the problem. I think you should change here. I think we've discovered something about you. That isn't quite right. And all of a sudden, that wonderful counselor isn't so wonderful anymore. Go to the next one here, this mighty God. We all want a mighty God. We want a God who can change our circumstances like that. Get us a new job. Get us a wife. Get us some kids. Get us this. Get us a new house. Oh, don't like that boss. Kill him. Get rid of this one. Go this thing. I want this. I want that. I want that. Mighty God, come on, you know. Come on, mighty God. Yes, got it, you know. Like we all love that part. Until mighty God says, hey, you need to bow down in this area of your life. Mighty God. (laughs) How did he turn out? Right, look at the next one. Everlasting father. Some of us grew up without a father or or we wished we'd grown up without a father, depending on what your past is like. But we can kind of describe a really good father, one that's loving, one that'll hold us, one that'll love us unconditionally, take care of us, provide for us, will instruct us. We like that. But another part of a really loving, great father is discipline, rebuke, chastisement, you know, kind of going, hey, what you did right there, a time out, 
<laughs> That's part of the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Sounds awesome. We all want peace, right? We all want pe- world peace. We want our own life peace. We want all this kind of stuff, except for the prince part, which means we have to be under his rulership, which means we have to be a part of his kingdom. See, the light goes both ways. We want the light to light our path. We just don't want it shown on us. So watch what happens. He says, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there'll be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah's writing about what's going to happen when Jesus comes to earth, lives his life, and then dies for our sins. What that's going to look like. This everlasting kingdom will be established by what Christ did on the cross. Now, let's fast forward uh, 700 years, a little bit more, and John writes uh, a gospel And if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to church, if you're just kind of exploring and say, I want to start reading the Bible, John is a great book to start in because it's very simple, not that you wouldn't understand it, but just Bible stuff is written differently because it was written 2,000, sometimes 3,000 years ago, and so it takes a little bit of learning to kind of get used to it. And that's why we have a class called Learning to Love Your Bible that Pastor Bob preaches, that's, uh, teaches, that's awesome, to teach us how to see when we see something in the Bible, with just little keys that unlock really great things to go, oh, okay, it's not so scary anymore. And so in John chapter 1, John chapter 1 uh, g- kind of mirrors a little bit Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, there are these four words that kind of just give you the majesty and power of God. Where he just says, let there be light. And just like in Isaiah, when you think there's this darkness, utter darkness, and then a light has dawned. In that same way, God and creation said, let there be light, and there was light, it says. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. We're starting to talk about Jesus now, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, was God. It talked about how Jesus was involved in creation and bringing things all together. And then it says this about Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. It goes on, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not, New American Standard says, uh, overcome it. The, really, the idea is that you couldn't grasp it. And in this particular verse here, we get this idea that Jesus comes as a baby, grows up, and this idea that he brings light into situations. Some people got it, and some people didn't. Some people loved the light. Some people hated the light. You have him walking all through Palestine. He's healing people. He's teaching them like no one's ever taught them before in ways that they can totally understand. And he uses, he uses words that they know. He uses phrases that they know. He tells stories instead of uh, trying to make it difficult. He tries to give them access to th- their heavenly father. Just straight access to their heavenly father. As a matter of fact, when he said, when you pray, pray this way, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We use that phrase in here all the time. We just want his will to come. 
But there was another side of this. Same light, same Jesus, same situation. There was someone else, the Pharisees and those, that when the light was turned on them, they hated it. Same light, same Jesus, same situation, same words. But the darkness had a hard time comprehending it. You know what, that, that describes my own life. And all of us are kind of this way. When the light's shown on us, our first reaction is to wince, to cover up, to deny, to turn it off, to do whatever we can. This happened to me when I was in, uh, uh, we, we just had Audrey, and um, I don't know what you were like when you had your first kid, but I was, I was happy when I found out Lisa was pregnant, but I was kind of more scared than anything else fright I was terrified because for me uh, a, a son or daughter meant that I'd, I'd have to f- take care of them and I, I just I wanted to make sure everything was right and all this kind of stuff and so I was scared to death I'd never n- never even thought about having a kid I mean when she said you want to have kids I'm like sure I, I didn't even know I mean I'm just like yeah that, that's cool and then she's like I'm pregnant and I'm like whoa no way I got to take care of this this life and so I started working a lot. I worked a lot. And, and so um, like 60-hour weeks or more. And, and just to try to move up in the company, try to get promotions, raises, all this kind of stuff. At the same time that was happening, I would also stay off. I'd also, after work with a bunch of guys, it's not going where you think it's going, uh, with a bunch of guys, we started playing this video game called Marathon. It, it's the engine of it is the same engine for Halo. It's, it was like, it was Halo in its infancy. Same company, Bungie Software. And so we would stay after work because we were working hard. It was a very stressful environment and we'd, we'd shoot each other on the video games. And, and so that we do that for an hour or two. I mean, what hour? Who's counting? Uh, well, apparently somebody was counting. And uh, I got home one day and my wife said to me, uh, we need to talk. Now, if I could just talk to the men for just a second. <laughs> that is never, ever, 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 ever going to go well. I've never had anything good come after we need to, t- it's never like we need to talk. You need a massage. Like, it's never that way. It's never like, you know, we need to talk. I think you've been working too hard and you need a golf weekend out with the guys. We need to talk means sit down be quiet. I got some stuff to go over with you. Okay. So she started talking about how much I was working and the fact that I wasn't around for her. I wasn't around for the baby at that, at that point. And I'm like, it's a baby. We don't even remember me. Right. But that's okay. Besides the point, but here's what I'm trying to say. The light was turned on me and my inclination and everything in me and what I tried to do until she gave me that look, that stink eye look was turn it back on her oh oh, I'm working too well let me tell you something I'm working too hard there's a mouth to feed here you know and you try to make this big thing and you don't understand you know and all this kind of stuff trying to push it on her push it on her push it on her you know at that time I learned that you don't say well I work bad thing to say (laughs) come to find out man wow And so I'm trying to turn on her. But here's the thing. She was right. She was dead, dead right. 
It was pointed right at me, and it did not feel good. See, the light has come. And Christ wants to illuminate every single area of your life. And guess what? He's going to use people to do it. He's going to use his word to do it. He's going to use his Holy Spirit to do it. And so he says, uh, uh, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then he says this, which is so crazy. This is the verdict. This is in chapter three now. We've jumped to chapter three. Light has come into the world, but the people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Now here's what happens. What happens to me when I read something like this, I'll bet it happens to you. When you see the word evil, you're like, Whew. at least I'm not, e- I don't sacrifice tiny forest creatures. That's evil. What I do may be wrong. It may be kind of wrong. It might be not wise. But it's not evil. But listen, this is the point Jesus is trying to make. Anytime you are not willing, and I am not willing to allow the light of Christ to illuminate a certain area of my life, it's evil. Like we talked about last week, sin brings forth death. And so the smallest sins, it's not like, you killed somebody when you lied or all that. It's that a pattern in our lives, a darkness in our life, a section in our life left unchecked will bring forth death in that particular area of our lives unless we're willing to bring it to the light. And bringing it to the light hurts. We want to cover up. We want to put sunglasses on. We, we love illuminating other. I loved shining the light in your eyes. It was awesome. You're wincing and you're mad at me and that just makes me happy. And it was just like, I, I love that. But when that one turned on, I was like, hey, turn it off. We're, we're done with that now. Because what ends up happening is we love the darkness. And it's not because we are evil in ourselves to go, you know what? I don't even care. Most of us really do care. Watch what he says in uh, chapter 8. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. That dark spot in your life, the one that you don't want anyone to know about, the one that you're afraid that if it gets turned on you and the reason you want to just block it away, that particular spot is going to be healed and going to be brought into the light through Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate Christmas. In the darkness, a light has dawned, Isaiah says. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then watch what he says after this. And this is what I'm hoping we, we take away this morning. It's just an incredible statement. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Listen, if I were to ask us, and we were all to be honest with each other, all all of us want a life that is out in the light. We want a life that has no secret areas. We want a life where we're like, I don't even care. I mean, I, I remember I used to sit where you're sitting, and I'd listen to the pastor, and I knew the areas in my life, and I would just sit there, and he'd maybe list a bunch of things, like maybe your problem is this, maybe your problem is this, and I'd be like, please don't mention my problem. Please don't, don't, just don't, don't mention that. I know, I know it's my problem. Just why? Because the pastor has got the spotlight and he's just like waving it like a maniac on, oh, maybe your problem's this. Maybe. And I'm ducking down like, I don't want to be found out. I don't want the Holy Spirit to tell me about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anyone to know. And Christ in his love for us 
is like, just let the light penetrate. I'm the light. I want to give you life. If you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness. This happened to me uh, when I was in high school. I think I've told this story before. Uh, I used to have a problem with lying. I'd, I'd make up these stories to make myself look good because I was incredibly insecure. And, and so I'd make up stories about being in fights or I mean, all the things that you look back now and you're just like, this is so foolish. But I, I told a lot of them and I felt comfortable telling them and I got really good at lying. And so um, I was in church and uh, I just kind of felt the Holy Spirit shining a light at this part of my life. And I just felt like God just said, you're, you're a liar. That's kind of what you are. And it didn't feel good. And that's not really a nice, nice way to say it, Jesus, by the way. Maybe you could have danced around it for a little bit and kind of, you know, you don't just come out and say that to somebody. How would you like it if I just, I can't. So way to go, Jesus. You're making, you know, right, right. So, so, he, so I'm thinking, well, okay, I'll just take care of it. I'll just, I'll just stop. And I just felt God telling me, no, 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 it's not going to be that easy. We got to get this all into the light. You have to be free from it. You have to be set free. So I want you to go back and tell everybody, every time a story comes up that you remember, it was a fabrication, I want you to go back and tell them. Go to that person and say, I lied. And I'm like, why don't I just put $1,000 in the offering plate? Huh? Oh, $1,000? All my whatever paper route money or whatever. It take me 17 years to come up with $1,000. But I just remember trying to bargain with God. Like, no, no, I'll just stop. You'll see. Watch, watch. And it just kept going and going. And God just kept shining the light, shining the light. And I'd hide somewhere. And he'd be like, peekaboo. And I'm, ah, you know, I couldn't get away from just that hounding of God. Why? Because God wanted me healed. He's the light of the world. In him, there is no darkness. And if I wanted to be in him, I needed to get rid of this. I don't know what this thing is doing. Ah, man. And so I did it. I went to everybody I could think of, and I told them I, I lied to them. And I had to go to my girlfriend, who was leading the choir today. So it turned out pretty good actually but um no I, I had to go to my girlfriend and say that you know remember that story i told you about where i i'd wrestled an alligator and and that, you know on a desert island it, it wasn't true yeah i kind of went, went through all my things and then and then over the years you know i'd meet somebody and they go hey do you remember when you and i and i'd have to go no nah, I, I i never did that i i lied about that and and, and then i got really good at just saying i lied <laughs> you know it's like well, who cares you know Here's the thing. God didn't want that part hidden. He didn't want me to just say, oh, I'll get over it, because he knew I wouldn't get over it. He wanted me to go through this process. Now watch. We're going to jump to another light story as uh, David comes back up. Check this out. It's really cool. It says, uh, it's talking about the angels and the shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Imagine God's glory shows up in actual light form. Like you're a shepherd, you're kicking back, it's nighttime, you're whatever shepherds do at nighttime, play cards or whatever. And, and there you are, and then, and then God shows up, bam! And they're, they're terrified, as you or I would be. I mean, we, 
you'd be scared. But nowadays, we'd, we'd describe it as like an alien visitation. We're much dumber now than they were back then. But, but God shows up. And here's, here's the takeaway for us. God, in your life, even right now, even as I'm speaking, is probably illuminating a little part of your life. And you're terrified. You're terrified that if it comes out into the light, you're going you're gonna to lose relationships. You're terrified that, that, um, that it's going to mean change. Maybe it's something you enjoy. Maybe it's something, and you're, just, you're terrified that God is not going to take care of you. But this light of the Holy Spirit and what Jesus did on the cross brings life. And God is not satisfied with you having any dark areas in your life. And so what the angel says next is what God is really saying to you now. The words that the angels say to these shepherds is God's word for you this week. What the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's better to be in the light than to be anywhere else. Because that's where Jesus is. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus was, existed in the form of God. He did not regard equality with God, something to be held on to, but he came down in the form of man. He says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I know it's terrifying now, but trust me, it's good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. <laughs> 